When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of After Extra Time. After the heated debate on Friday, President Trump revealed that he was self-isolating, not because of COVID, but because he was more concerned that Greeny and Jack will cause more arguments than any debate that he and Joe Biden could ever have. I am your moderator slash host this week, Jacko, and with me are the co-hosts that if asked if Man United's Champions League run is a free swing or not, could potentially break in break any isolation rules and make KSI and Logan Paul's fight look meaningless. It's Jack and Greeny. Good evening, lads. <laughs> How are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. What, what do you think of the intro? Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, I, I sat there and I thought, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I think that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how have we been? Have, have we got over the, the uh, confrontation on Friday? Yeah, all's fair in love and war, isn't it, Greeny, eh? That's it, son, that's it. Oh. Yeah, but I, I bet Jack it's helped because Derby won and Leicester lost. Oh, I'm it? absolutely ecstatic. We, uh, yeah. my team won again at the weekend. We're unbeaten still on Saturday. He's got my first goal. Derby won, Leicester lost, Forest lost, Man United just got spanked. I mean, this is what a weekend. Oh, so you might actually, uh, uh, you know, contribute to some sort of football chat this week. I'm very much here for football chat this week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let's let's get started then. I was going to start. With the blue half of Manchester, but I'm going to have to start with the red half because I'll, I'll be honest, lads. I don't think any of us saw that happening today, did we? Not really, mate. No, um, I thought it'd be a lot closer game. Yeah, but you know what? It didn't. Well, they turned up in the first few seconds, and after that, mate, I don't know what happened. It's what were your thoughts, mate? What were your thoughts, Jack? Yeah, <laughs> I did not did not see that uh, happening at all. Um, um, I'm I'm still a little bit shocking to be fair. It's uh, it's um, yeah. Like Greeny said, United obviously, you know, started uh, flew out the blocks with a pen, um, and then within you know, sort of however many minutes it was, I think it's five minutes they were two one down, mm. um, and then the Marshall red card as well, and then it just. Got you know, it got messy really, and then four one down at half time. They were never coming back from there with ten men. Um, I think we've touched on it before in this podcast, but Man United have got some serious issues that need addressing. Mm. Um, that back four was absolutely all over the place. Yeah. Um, I think they've got good good attackers. Um, I thought the I thought Bruno Fernandez was very poor today. Uh, Pogba again, not great. Uh, but I think you, the defence is just, uh, I don't even know. But I mean, I, I think United, have, like I said, have got some serious address, serious issues they need to address and I'm not too sure what can be done, especially with the deadline looming as well, with the transfer deadline. I just, I mean, is Oli going to get sacked tomorrow? I mean, mm. yeah, you just got to question everything. I really don't know and... I, I was not expecting that, like you say. I think um, 
I was probably expecting a draw, if I was being honest. A boring draw as well. Um, instead, you know, Spurs actually came to play, uh, which was unexpected from a Mourinho side. Normally, it's, you know, part of the bus and play from there. But um, from a neutral perspective, it was a good game to watch. But United just, you know, like I say, once it went to 2-1, they just capitulated. And yeah. uh, I'd be very, very alarmed if I was a United fan. Yeah. Greeny, I'm going to ask you, because uh-huh. uh-huh. I'd like to get your view on the... Um, the Anthony Martial incident and then later the Luke Shaw incident. Yeah. Now, at, out of both those moments, which do you uh, think was a red card? Uh, I'll go to the Martial one first. People, I mean, I'm in a group chat of football with lads and they say, no, it's never a red card. But as a referee point of view, the way I've seen it is, yeah, he did, Lamella did, uh, you know, slap an hand in his chest. Fair enough. But, there's a foot in there. Marshall raised his hand to his face. I think that's the thing mm. that we're missing. So, yes, I would have given the other card to Lamella because he has raised his hand. Yeah. As, has it gone to his face? That's the difference, I feel. So, I think it's the mm. right decision with the red. I really do, mate. Okay. What well, about Luke Shaw? Luke Shaw. Um, uh, because, you know, at the, at the time, you know, listening to the commentary, Gary Neville was sort of happy to accept that it should have been a red card challenge. I mean, you mm. sure knew that Mora was past him, he'd beaten him for pace and it was a cynical foul. Yeah, um, I agree with him, mate. You know, I, I thought he should have went. Yeah, really Jack, do. what about you? Yeah, I think they're both red cards. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, Lamella cut himself a little bit lucky. I think below the below the sort of neck area, you were all right. Mm. Um, I think no matter, how, I think the rule obviously is no matter how hard or soft, you, you, once you raise your hands, into someone's face, you're always in trouble. Um, yeah. I think that's the letter of the law. And um, I think it doesn't really matter whether you've just touched one in the face or whether you punch one in the face. You, you get your, your hands above there and in someone's face, you're, uh, yeah. you're in red card territory mm. every time. So I think there's no arguments there. Mm. What about your, your take on Shaw, sorry? Yeah, I think red card can probably count himself a little bit lucky. Um, yeah. I just think, you know, pr- probably both of them, like you say, I think, Probably should have red cards. Probably got a little bit lucky there. Question question to both of you here. Do you think that if he hadn't have sent Martial off for the Lamella incident, a booked pair of them, and Shaw makes that challenge, is Shaw then sent off and everyone's saying that's fair? Or is it a case that maybe Taylor's not felt that Shaw deserved the red card for the position that him and Moore were, were in at the time? Go on, Jack. Yeah, I think these ones are always tricky, isn't it? Because I think sometimes with mm. the games, if, if if a decision is not given or a decision is given, sometimes it's people are like, oh, refs want to like level it up or sort of like, so say if they gave a penalty in the first half, they're inclined to sort of give one in the second half for the other team just to sort of level stuff out, mm. that mm. sort of thing. Um, I don't I don't know in respect to the question. I think possibly if he booked both of them, then he might have sent Luke Shaw off, yeah. I think, but I mean, I don't think referees should be in in that instance should be scared to show red cards or things like that. I think no. it's a red card, even if there's been a red card in the game. Don't be afraid to dish another one out, you know. Mm-hmm. I think you know they, they should just be see it as it is. Don't play the you know the situation. The fact that they're six one down, they've had a red card. It's a red card. It's a red card. It doesn't matter whether you're six one up or six one down. Yeah, Greeny. Yeah, yeah, yeah mate, I, I agree with him. I really do agree. I'm um, just, just. Yeah. I find it funny when uh, I don't know if you heard, mate, about 
Evra, and he says, uh, I recommend to any fan right now, buy a PlayStation, buy a player like Sancho or Messi and start playing it because it's a disaster. <laughs> so I thought that was quite cool. And, and he said he, he'd like to cancel his Sky contract. He don't want to watch it anymore because it's giving him depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's fair. And that, that says a lot, really, from a team like United and a player like mm. Evra, as he were at United. For, for a player like that who's a legend at the club, just come out and say stuff like that, mate. It's yeah. tough times for United. Well, yeah, I mean, Gary Neville as well voiced his sort of concern about how Manchester United were going. And, you know, looking at the, the, the transfer rumour mill, you know, Cavani set to sign a two-year contract at Man United. And and surely, you know, Jack, to you, that, that ponders questions as to what direction Man United are going. When you look at the result of the Palace game, you look at the result against the Brighton game, you look at the result today, surely Manchester United should be looking at sorting out the back, not the front? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, mate. I think I um, was having a chat with my mates last night. He's a United, he's a United fan. Uh, he, he didn't want Cavani at all. Um, no. Uh, I agree with him. I think it's the wrong sort of sign-in. He's old. Um, I don't think he'll get many goals in the Premier League. I think he's probably slightly past it now. Um, I think, in my opinion, I think it's a bit of a panic buy. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's sort of just, you know, we're all panicked. We've, we can get him and bring him in. But I've, I think I I think very start of season two of the of, after extra time, I think I said United have got defensive issues. Um, mm. And I flagged it about Man City as well. We'll come on to that game as well. But... I think the whole time, even when they were looking at Sancho, that wasn't the areas they need to improve. No. Yet yeah, he'll better that side, don't get me wrong. But the issues are not at the attacking end of the pitch. You know, not when you've got the likes of Rashford, Greenwood, Martial, Bruno Fernandes. You don't need another attacking player, in my opinion. You need something at the back. And clearly, at the moment, Greenwood's rubbing his hands together with Leicester selling Maguire. Because mm, yeah. He just looked so out of it again today. Bailly looked all over mm. the place. Wan Bissaka, questionable last couple of games for me. Shaw yeah. probably should have been off. I mean, the list goes on. It's and then obviously not today, but De Gea has been sort of inconsistent as well. So mm. it's questionable. Um, Greeny, just just for you, I know we sort of we joked about it, but we sort of discussed. Man United's Champions League aspirations um, this season. Yeah. Is there more pressure on Oli to now have a better Champions League? Because, you you know, you have a look at the league table. They're fifth from bottom with three points from their first three games. Yeah. They, they're looking poor. Surely he's in a more precarious position now than he was maybe 48 hours ago? Yeah, possibly, mate. Um, I don't want to get in this debate with Jack again. So it's a free swing. I still, I, 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 it's, it's, it's hard, mate. I mean, after that performance, they're not going to get very far and they probably won't go out of the group stage anyway. And they probably yeah. wouldn't even survive in the Europa League. Because yeah. they're that poor, mate. It's, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Now, the next game, they've got to turn up and then uh, see what happens. I mean, if they lose again, surely that's the end of Oli. It's got to be. Mm. And then I can see was... Potts coming in. That was going to be my next question. So obviously, I asked Jack this um, in our little group chat, and he was sort of saying doubtfully that that Ollie would go. But mm. what do you feel that 
you know, if he doesn't get a good restart after the international break, that he's mm. potentially out of the door? I think so, mate. You look at their next four fixtures. They've got Newcastle away. Again, Newcastle on a good run. So, mm. if they don't beat them. Then after that, mate, it's massive. They've got Paris Saint-Germain away. Chelsea at home. Leipzig at home. Arsenal at home. So, mate, come on. There's four yeah. massive games there. And surely, if he doesn't pick a win out of them, two or three, he's out. He's got to be. Yeah. I mean, would Poch do any better? How many managers have United have had, mm. shall I say? And I haven't really seen much improvement. I'd probably no. say it was probably the best time I've seen United when Mourinho was actually in charge, mate, and he won two major titles with them. Well, you know, looking at that, I don't know if either of you saw the stats, but there, there was a, a little info bar that came up during the Spurs game where mm. um, it said Jose Mourinho between 2016 and 2018 managed 144 games for United, won two major league titles and had a win percentage of 58%. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask Jack this. Do you feel that looking at those stats and then looking at what Ollie's done at United, do you think they've taken a step back with how they've handled things? I do. Um, I think in terms of Man United, I think they've sort of lost their identity. They have ever, ever since Ferguson left. Yeah. Like I think you alluded to it before last week, or maybe, maybe on a live, that they've always got a sort of... They're in the shadow of that success that Ferguson had. Mm. And ever yeah. since then, they've had sort of like an identity crisis. You know, Mourinho came in, Moyes was there, Oli's been there. All of them have sort of... I just... You don't really know, do United play counter-attacking football? You know, like, I, I don't really know, you know. But, you know, it's compared to how they used to play, they're just, they're, they're streaks apart from where they were. And like I said, I think they have taken yeah. a step backwards. And I think that under Oli, I'm not a massive Oli fan at all. I think he's so tactically inept. Yeah, I, I, that was what you said. Yeah, like, you know, I've touched on this before. Like, obviously, I don't think his CV was great. He didn't have lots of experience. Obviously, I I personally think he should be sacked. Do I think he will be sacked? Like uh, tomorrow or the next couple of days? I don't think so. Mm. I think, like Greeny says, the next couple of games he's got, his job is on the line. And yeah. if he doesn't pick up victories in those games, then he's definitely, definitely going to be under a lot of pressure or gone potentially. What I feel bizarre as well about United is do you remember when. Uh, Giggsy took over for about three games. Mm. Now, to me, I'd rather get Giggs a job than Solskjaer. And yeah. I don't I don't think they'd probably be in this predicament now if, if Giggsy was still there and he had got the time to, to build a squad. I think Giggsy would have done a lot, lot, lot better than what Solskjaer's done. What, what gives you... I'm trying to word this without calling you an idiot. What, what, mm. what gives you that sense that Giggs would have done better than Ollie in that time frame. How, how do you think? Because, you know, ta- tactically, mm. United have looked at setting up as a 4 2 3 1 at times under Ollie, especially at the back end of last year. Mm. I know Giggs has done something similar or he's, you know, he's looking to try and do something similar at, uh, at the Wales job. Mm. But where, where do you see that that would have differed? If gigs have taken over full time, 
well, like you say, he's doing, he's, he's doing it in Wales now, and I think he's done a great job for the Welsh national side. And I, I don't, mm. I just feel he would have given a little bit more. I don't know tactically or players coming in. I think he would have had more of a say than Solskjaer. Yeah. Obviously, he's a, he was a legend at the club, bigger legend than what Ollie is. Yeah, and you've seen the results he pulled out of the bag, mate. When he was at United, and there were some good results in there for a short amount of mm. time. So why didn't they give him the job in that short amount of time? Then, then give it Ollie. I don't. I, I really don't. Make I, sense. I, I disagree. I disagree. Was it a case though that at that point, at the end of that season, Coleman was leaving Wales and they'd earmarked gigs for the Wales job? Was that, you know, was that about that time period? I don't know, because don't you think he could have went on to, to club football, then worked his way through that and then took an international job? Well, Giggs was Wales through and through. Mm. You know, he, he had two clubs in his in his life. Well, he had one club and one mm. nation, nationality in his life. It was Wales football and it was Man United. Yeah. So I think if he'd, if he'd been given either job permanently, he probably would have taken them. Yeah. But I think because of how well Wales were doing at the time, and as you say, they've progressed further, or you know they they look like they're progressing further under gigs. He's probably sort of moved into that sort of side of it straight away. Mm. Yeah, so, possibly. What, what? What? Why do you disagree, Jack? I just think being at Wales and being at Man United are two completely different animals. You know, you, I think whoever does, if Oli does get sacked, take the United job. They've got a really tough job on their hands. Mm. Um. United are in a, a massive mess, you know. That history follows them everywhere, as I've said uh, earlier on in it. But I think that I don't know if Giggs is the right man. I don't know if even Potch is the right man for him. Um, I, th- I think Potch would be a good yeah. appointment. But it, it, I think United need a massive rebuild. But mm. you, you, you say that, but then I think that's what Ollie's trying to do. But at the same yeah. time, you need to pick up points and win games. Otherwise, you know, he, he's going to go. It's, it's hard because it's sort of contradictory because it's he's there for a long term, but obviously short term, you need to sort of show some sort of improvement as well. And I think that's where Ollie's sort of coming in stuck. I don't think they're improving. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that, that's the issue. Um, I think if United fans can see they were improving, but they were also in the long run... Um, I think they'd be able to just deal with it for a couple of seasons, but I think they've been dealing with it and yeah. dealing with it and dealing with it, and they're still not going anywhere. They're not progressing forward. So I think that's where the issue lies with Solskjaer. Okay, well, moving on to the blue side of Manchester now. Obviously, Man City played Leeds yesterday, and you know, it, I, I thought it was a really, really good game. It was a game played. You know the right way yesterday, and Leeds got a remarkable one-all against Man City. Um, really, what 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 were your views on the game, mate? It was a cracking game of football. I give them that. It was a great great mm. spectacle, and it was a shame there weren't fans in that ground. So I think uh, yeah, it would have made it a lot more, lot 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 better. But mate, Leeds had a game plan and it worked. Uh, but I thought I thought Man City might have come out strong. After they've got the battering mm. against Leicester, I just thought, you know what, they're going to turn this on and yeah. you could end up seeing five or six goals for City. But mm. it didn't happen. And I think we've got to ask questions over Pep as well now. I mean, yeah. I really do. I, I, I just... No, I, I'm chuckling because that is one of the questions <laughs> that I've got about the game now. Um, so do you, 
you might as well just do this job for me full time, I think. Um, yeah, so Jack, obviously, I, I know we did our predictions on, on Friday. And for those of you who are listening, I do apologise. I do need to get them on Facebook to show how wrong we've been. Obviously, we all predicted that a, a Manchester City would win 4-1. Are you surprised with the way the game turned out yesterday? Uh, I am, yeah. Like I said, I think Man City had them down to win. Um, it's easy to sit back now and be like, 4-1 was optimistic. When Stacey, the game's played, yeah. and ended 1-1. Um, no, but I mean, to be fair, we, we all sort of said the same thing, or we, I think we were all feeling the same thing, is that after what happened against Leicester, you know, going up against Leeds and, and how sort of, at, at times against Liverpool defensive, they look, they look poor, you would have thought that Man City, all right, without Aguero, without Jesus, it may not have been 4-1. But I think we were all in agreement that they come out fighting. Yeah. And, you, you know, it, it's obviously... It shows how well Leeds are settling into the Premier League if they're able yeah, to do that. Man City started well and then Leeds slowly sort of got... They weathered the storm and got back into the game. Um, yeah. And then second half, like you said, the game was played in the right way. Both teams were just going for it. You know, positions were sort of... And formation was sort of thrown out the window and it was just to try and go and win the game, which is, you know, as a neutral, you'd love to see that. Um, I don't think yeah, Pep's under fire um, at the minute. I, I just think... You know, he's sort of, they're sort of going for a little bit of a, not rough patch, but, you know, they've not really sort of found the form that I thought they were going to hit after the, the, you know, I think they won, did they win their first two games and then they've obviously lost them. They've got four, they've got four points from their first yeah. three games. See, I thought, I think I said it on the back in the last pod, I think, or I predicted that Man City would, you know, come out like a steam train and obviously they haven't. Really, uh, which I'm surprised about, if I'm honest. But like I said, I also said to you boys, I think when we did uh, like the end of season things on the Facebook Live, I said that Leeds wouldn't struggle in the Prem. I said, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to yeah. pull their own weight. And, you know, at the minute, they seem to be doing that. Yeah. And I just I had a feeling, I don't, I don't want them to stay up, but I think the way they keep playing on, they'll more than likely finish mid table. They won't even be near the, you know, the bottom, not have to worry about relegation. Yeah. Um, Greeny, I'm going to ask you this. With obviously how well Leeds have played, do you, can you see Leeds potentially following in the footsteps of Wolves and Sheffield United with their first season back? Um, possibly, yeah. But if I, I think if they do follow that footstep, I don't think they'll be like a Wolves. I'd say more of Sheffield. And then yeah. would I say would they struggle next year? No, I think they'll be even stronger next year if we got the fans in. And then mm. they and Bielsa mate is obviously going to add more quality to that squad if they stay up, which I think is possible now. So I feel mate, give it next year if they stay up this year. So yeah, they'll finish like round where Sheffield did, but the year after, mate, I think they'll be up there with like a Wolves, a Leicester, and there'll be a surprise package, mate. Um, just quickly going on on about Pep because obviously you know, Greeny Greeny suggested it, I suggested it. Uh, me, me and my old man were having a conversation last night about who's potentially one of the leading managers to get sacked. You know, I, I said that Pep's going to have questions asked of him now. Um, I wouldn't say he's one of the favourites to get sacked, of course not, but I, I just feel that there's a bit more pressure there now. And, and this is to both of you. You know, he spent a considerable amount bringing in defenders mm. and those defenders 
aren't looking great. Yes, they're still sort of early in their tenures at Man City, but a lot of people are asking questions about Pep. Is, is he a case now where he doesn't coach players, he just brings in the talented players because of the money they've got? You know, how, how, how would you sort of sum up Pep's start to this season with how they've sort of spent their funds and, you know, they're missing their best, the top two strikers and they're relying on a 17-year-old if Sterling or Silver doesn't start, you know, where do you feel there is a lot more? I, I know you said he was unlikely, Jack, but do you feel there's a lot more pressure on Pep now? Yeah, I think there will be pressure. And I think if they continue to drop points and lose games and draw games, the pressure will mount. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I think sometimes it, you know, maybe people forget how much Pep spent on defensive players. Um, and maybe he is sort of not losing his touch, but I, I don't know. There's something clearly isn't working on the defenders they're bringing in because they continue to leak and ship goals. So, mm. you know, something isn't working. I'm not sure like, what that is. I did, however, think that Ruben Diaz played well on his debut. Um, so maybe he might yeah. be a little bit of a solution. I'm not going to say he's going to single-handedly help, but I think... He looks a bit of a player. I know he's always playing Leeds and it was his first game, but I thought he played well. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the issue is, but something isn't working because they keep, like you say, they're spending hundreds of millions of pounds on defenders, yet they continue to keep conceding goals. Mm. Greeny, your view on it? Yeah, I think Jack said the same, mate. Um, yeah, he's trying, I think he, I think now, mate, I don't know what he wants to do. I mean, like you say, he's bringing in these big money signings, but even then, they're not they're not performing. And then what questioned it yesterday is why why did you leave Aki on the bench? I know Laporte came back and that Diaz were there. But I mean mate, you just paid big money for him as well. And he scored against he scored yeah. against Leicester. And then he's been dropped to the bench. So yeah. do you do you think he'll be like a stones where he comes in and out and do you know what I mean? It just gives me that impression yeah. is it the right move for Aki? You know. So it'll be interesting to see. Okay. Um, moving on to another one of today's games. I'll, I'm sorry to do this, Greeny, but I'm, I'm gonna. Um, Leicester, calm down, sorry. calm down. Um, Leicester played West Ham mm. and got. I, I feel comprehensively beaten. Um, um, you know, Greeny, what, what, what? Did you see much of it? And if so, what did you see? I've seen bits, mate. I was going to the under-17s uh, under game. But what from what yeah. I've seen of it, mate, it was absolutely shit. Um, yeah. Leicester didn't, Leicester didn't even start, mate. They didn't even start the game right. It was it was poor, mate. And I don't know if you've seen that mm. second goal. What uh, I can't remember who put it in now. Oh, Fornell's put it in. Yes, and, yeah. Mate, what was that defending? I just, I just can't get over that. It was literally, I've never seen it like it. Really haven't. And uh, coming off a 5-2 win against City, I had high hopes today, thinking, right, it won't be an easy game, but after beating City 5-2, I can't see there'd be much to change and, you know, we'll come out the same mm. way, but I have to give credit to, to uh, West Ham, mate. They're on fire. And you know what it is? It's since Moisey. It's Moisey in his front room. <laughs> it's not been there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, again, that was another sort of question that I was going to talk about. But Jack, obviously from, from a Leicester perspective yeah. still, I, I talked about it sort of after the West Brom game. I said that Leicester looked very sluggish in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes of games. 
you know, I, I put the question to Green is, is can this sort of backfire in them? And it, and it's done so in the last sort of two games. Or have they got a result against Man City, but they were a goal down after five minutes. And again today, they were sort of a goal down after 15 minutes. Why? How, how do you think Rodgers should go about changing that? Because obviously it's it's causing problems for Leicester at the minute. Yeah, uh, I think just generally in terms of... Oh, that's huge. Liverpool has just gone 1-0 down, sorry. Uh, well, I'm slightly delayed, oh, so thanks sorry. for telling me that. Uh, <laughs> that is a shock. Um, I'm just jumping in the bath, boys, so if you hear any water, it's just I'm in the bath. Oh, <laughs> if you hadn't said anything, no one would have noticed. <laughs> um, going back to Leicester anyway, uh, I think yeah. if you start a Premier League game slow, Liverpool, prime example, you was going to put yourself on the back yeah. foot. Um, you know, if you go out there and get yourself on the front foot, etc. On the on the flip side of that, you give yourself a very good chance. And I think the more you know, if you start on the front foot, you, you always give yourself more chance of winning that game. I don't know what Rogers can do. I I think throughout the whole game, Leicester just didn't turn up. I think they didn't have a shot on target until yeah. they got their disallowed goal right at the end. Um, I I think you know Leicester. I don't know if we need change the formation or what, or they're missing, you know, and Didi and Madison, but they've got not really anything creative about it. Everything was down the middle. Barnes and Vardy didn't really touch the ball. Vardy barely touched the ball. The ball wasn't really put in behind. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I think West Ham were really organised. They defended really well. You know, that's two clean sheets now. And I think they're on the up. But I think, you know, yeah. like you say, Leicester have got to start games better. Otherwise... You know, before you know it, you're one nil down, and then after half hour, you're two nil down, and you know you, you've got sort of mountains climb. So you've got to switch on. Um, and I think now more than ever in the last two three years, the Prem's getting more and more competitive. So you can't afford mm. to not turn up, whether that be no. in the first fifteen minutes or the full ninety. You've, you've got to, you know, you've got to start with. Intensity, you've got to start and you, you've got to switch on. Otherwise, you, you're going to end up losing games. So, I'm not really yeah. too sure what Rodgers can do. Whether he, I don't know. I don't know what Leicester can do, but uh, it didn't look like a side that had won their first three games uh, for me. It, yeah. it was a surprising performance. I, I wasn't expecting West Ham to win as convincingly as they did. No. Um, Green, are you, are you there? Am, mate. Yeah, go on. Yeah, covered fine. in suds um, uh, I'm just yeah. finding my door um, can't find it <laughs> um, obviously Amati went off injured mm. halfway through the second half yesterday uh, surely there's you know more concerns for Leicester's squad depth with Ndidi out Madison was out again with a calf injury mm. you know they've been playing a back three with Amati in because for whatever reason Fabana's not available or Morgan's not fit with Europa League coming up as well, uh, are you concerned as a Leicester fan that you're not going to have enough players yeah. to sort of cover all the competition? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I think Rodgers has got to sign some more players. I mean, Fafana, he should be available now for the next game. Under's available. So that's two, but that's still not a squad's worth. I think you need another defender in there. You need it all across the park for me, mate. Like you said, if you're in yeah. Europe and all, going to be a massive long season for Rogers at Leicester mate when is the sort of looking when are Leicester looking to get Pereira back because obviously I know he was instrumental mm. as part of their success over the last couple of seasons mm. and he has I think everyone can see how much of a miss 
Pereira injured is making Le- uh, Leicester. You know, when are they looking at getting him back fit? Do you know? Um, mate, they've said he's back on the training pitch. Right. So, I reckon you, you might see him next month, is what they reckon. It's not, it's okay. obviously, yeah, nowhere near match fit. But then, then nice. again, where'd you, put, where'd you put him? I mean, I was listening to a podcast, uh, what Matty Piper were doing. And he, he was yeah. about Pereira. And he's saying, where, where, where do you actually put him? And I agree with that. I mean, James Justin's been playing very well. Castagna, he's been playing well. So does that mean you you put Pereira higher up the pitch, or do you drop James Justin or uh, Castagna? Well, you know, I think a lot of Leicester's better results came when they were playing sort of four at the back instead of the five because of the fact that they're missing some of their players. They're having to sort of change their shape. Mm. Um, I, I feel they probably go ideally. I think they're starting back four mm. going forward will probably be Pereira, Sionchu, either Fofana or Evans and Castagna at left back. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so there is that potential. And, and you know, James Justin's done very well. Mm. And, you know, he looks a good signing or a good a prospect for the future. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jack, one for you. I know we joked about it and the fact that Moyes hasn't been seen for the last sort of couple of games, you know, can can we look at that as maybe being a catalyst for why they've changed him? Because it's a different voice instead of Moyes, it's it's Alan Irvin and it's Stuart Pearce. Or is it a case that West Ham have, have started gelling and, you know, they're playing a lot? Because obviously a, a big boost for them would have been the Wolves result from last week. So I don't think any from anyone would have had that down. Yeah, well, how how do you see that as a neutral sort of them changing in, in form at the minute? Um, possibly a mix of the two. Um, I mean, realistically, a, a change of voice shouldn't really have that much of an effect because obviously Alan Irvine and Stuart Pearce already sort of backroom stuff anyway, even when Moyes is there. Yeah. So you should, you should imagine yeah. that they're getting some sort of input. Obviously, I appreciate it's not a full input. Um, maybe it's just a sort of they've got the players they want now they're playing the system they want and they're just starting to click um, mm. you know they were shipping goals of fun in the first couple of games and they looked really poor yeah. I think the first game of the season they looked awful and then against Wolves and today against Leicester they looked like I said they looked really organised they looked strong in defence they were all working for each other I think today well yesterday not yesterday last week as well they were very clinical um, Antonio mm. is powerful at top. You know they've got Bowen looks very very sharp. I, th- I think it's just a mix of both things really. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, how, how do you feel that you know obviously Kufal? It was his debut for West Ham today. I, I thought he had a good game. I thought Ogbonna and Creswell, Antonio and Rice also played well. How, do you feel that as well, or do you feel that? it was down to sort of the whole team rather than just a couple of individuals. No, no, I, I agree with you, mate. I thought um, Kufal played really well on his debut. Um, it was like he mm. played for West Ham the whole time, really. Like, you wouldn't have known that he he was a new signing. Bear in mind, he, he yeah. had, I think the commentator said one training session, wasn't it? And he just, you know, you wouldn't, yeah. have, you wouldn't have known that had they not told you. Um, I think Rice was very good. Ogbonna was exceptional. Cresswell also good, like you said. I think all of them played well, but I think collectively as a team, they worked hard for each other. Um, yeah. I think that's something that they probably haven't had in the last few weeks. 
Again, I'll say it again, they were organised, but I just think defensively they looked a lot, lot better. And I think that's sort of was the issue to their problems in the first couple of games. They sort of lacked that sort of defensive know-how, positioning, etc. Whereas now they look a lot more organised and just looked, as I, as I say, I think, like you say, you said it, Ogbonna, Cresswell, Souffle. Uh, <laughs> Kufal, very, very good. <laughs> Where does he play? Yeah, he plays, on, plays in the ring. Yeah, I just think, uh, collectively, they were very good, but you've got a couple of standouts as well. Yeah. Um, Greeny, an interesting one for you. Obviously, Mikel Antonio has probably been at times, their only sort of goal threat. Um, if he performs well this season, do you think there's an outside chance that he could go to the Euros? Greeny? He's drowned in the bath. <laughs> after, after Leicester's performance, he's gone. All right. Well, as he's not there, I'm going to ask you that question. You know, Antonio, to me, looked very, very good today. You know, with the way that England play, with one up top, sort of that sort of target man mould, you know, occasionally back to goal, a lot of movement in and around the back line, link up play with with wingers. Um, You know, could you see him playing for England this summer? Uh, I like the idea. I don't know if he will. I think, as we've alluded to yeah. on here before, there's a lot of options attacking-wise for England. Um, mm. I don't think anyone gets ahead of Kane. I think he's England's number no. one striker. Um, but then you've, I mean, you've got lots and lots of options. Um, I mean, yeah. you've got Rashford, you've got Sterling, you've got Calvert Lewin. He's come into the mix. He's in good form. Mm. Um, like you say, yeah. Antonio's an option. You've got, you know, Greenwood. Obviously, I know he got a minute from the squad. And, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's an option. I don't think it's one that they'll explore. Um, but I mm. think if he keeps scoring goals, then can you ignore that? You know, I personally yeah. have always been of the idea that with England call-ups, you base it off form. You know, you, you don't ever base it off who they play for, which it used to be in the past. If you remember, they used to pick. You know, in, in England teams of the past, you never had players who, who played for like Villa, Wolves, etc. And now in the South, mm. he seems to be a lot more, you know, accepting to the fact that if a player's playing well, you pick them, which is how it should be. It's how it should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course it is. I, I've always, I, I know it's not the same sort of thing, but I play a lot yeah, of football yeah. manager. And even when I have done sort of international management, I've always preferred to go yeah. on form because you're going to get the best out of your players. I know it, I know it's a completely different thing to be in the actual yeah, yeah. England manager. But, though, you know, you'd have to, you, you, you wouldn't, you would have to go and look at the fact that he is playing well. I know he doesn't get a lot of grace because he does play for West Ham. They have been pretty poor, but he did sort of, at the back end of last season, you know, after the restart, he was sort of their only goal threat you know, Suchek occasionally came up with one, but it was always Antonio getting the gold. So, you know, it's an idea that could potentially, uh, um, you know, he, he is someone that could potentially fill a role if if we were to go for the worst. Um, we've just had a message from the famous one that due to a technical error where he's, he's had to sort of get his headphones, 
So we apologise for this. So we're going to take a short break. Um, in the meantime, um, we'd just like to say uh, thank you to Dean Hammond. Um, he has kindly sponsored us with this pod, or we're in a sponsorship agreement with Dean Hammond. Um, you know, so if there is anything that you're looking at to sort of help with fitness while you're in lockdown or you're still working from home, you want to get fit, you want to get a bit more active, go to Dean Hammond Elite Fitness. Hello and welcome back uh, to an abrupt part two of our podcast this week. Um, Mr. Green is having technical issues. So once again, the famous one has to make it all about him. Um, Quickly, just as a a quick diversion, we have got a sponsor. It is with Dean Hammond and he has got his own fitness program. Um, So if you go to DeanHammondEliteFitness.com or on Instagram to Dean Hammond's page, you'll be able to see it on there. Get on it because it's it's a really good bit from Dean. Um, you know we're really grateful that he's agreed to sort of set up a link with us. Um, one of Greeny's ex pro crushes has worked, so that's that's a plus. Um, right, lads, we'll back on it now. So Everton versus Brighton. Mm. I'm secretly becoming more and more of an Everton fan at the minute. I think they are phenomenal at, at the moment. There are. Some question marks that we'll get onto shortly. Um, Greeny, for you, yes, mate. Promising display for Everton yesterday. Yeah, and I think you've just said this. You just said it, mate. I think I'm liking Everton more. I'm gonna have to get the shirt. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't think you have to like him to get a shirt, do you? You just have to get the shirt. <laughs> so you watch watch out on the lives. You might see an Everton shirt yeah. being worn, but no, mate. Everton are looking the real deal, mate. I really, mm. I really think they'll be up there. I know they're up there now. I, I think they'll stay there. I mean, Ancelotti's got the tactics spot on. He's brought the right players in. And the players he has brought in have made hell of a difference. I mean, Rodriguez looked a different class yesterday. Yeah. Calvert-Lewin, I don't have a clue what he's done to him, mate. But he's mm. a, a different striker from what I'm sure all of us have seen in recent seasons. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't see any fault with them, mate. I can't fault them at anything. I can. Defense, defensively, now and again, they look shaky. And Pickford in goal is just—I'd have to—that would be my first appointment, mate, is to get a new goalkeeper in. Um, it's just howler after howler. Uh, you know, Jack, the the impact that uh, Alan and Decore have had since turning up to Everton has, has been huge. Obviously, along with Hammers Rodriguez and the fact that Calvert Lewin is still scoring goals. You know, there were a lot of questions about how Everton would play yesterday with the fact that Alan and, Deco- uh, Alan and Andre Gomez weren't available. Did you notice any sort of difference in the, the, the way they played yesterday? No, I don't, I don't think that it was too much of an issue. Um, I know, obviously, that's sort of the main body of their midfield. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, there is some issues and there is still some question marks, you know, the defence and Pickford, but... Mm. They- Games and Rodriguez keeps you know keeps things ticking over and Calvert-Lewin keeps scoring. I don't think Everton fans will care really. No. Um, I think it will paper over the cracks until something happens. Um, yeah. They've not re- if you wanted to be super nitpicking, they've not really played anyone of you know other than Tottenham. They've not really played anyone that's sort of you know. No, and that was going to be my next question. Obviously, you know we're all sort of enjoying the Everton hype, but. Obviously, their the next 
big game is the Merseyside derby straight after the international break. And obviously, if you know Liverpool's result stays as it is now, and Everton have got a win, and Everton are top of the table, you know there's a lot of momentum on the blue side of Liverpool going into that game. If they were to win that, and that's that's a big if with how well Liverpool did last season, you know, are we sort of quietly looking at Everton in the top four this year? Uh, potentially. Uh, I don't want to, you know, say it too early. I mean, no. that would only be sort of five games in, but I think they look already, I know obviously it's early doors again, but I think they already look a lot better side than they were last year. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think everyone can see that. Um, whether or not they have the capabilities and the strength and depth to finish in the top four, I think that would be my only sort of um, question mark would be, do they have the strength and depth if people like Rodriguez, Calvert-Lewin get injured? Mm. Or, you know, or if, you know, all that midfield gets injured, do they have the, the strength and depth that clubs like, well, Liverpool don't really have a lot of strength and depth, but, you know, you do they have that sort of strength and depth to sort of push into the top four when their key players are out or, you know, injured or suspended? That would be... Mm worry as well as you know Pickford keeps making howlers as well is he is that going to cost them one game yeah you know is that going to cost them in the game especially in a game like the Liverpool game if it's quite tight and Pickford makes an error like that is that sort of going to be costly well I'm going to ask Greeny this because I know I've played Sunday League with you Greeny and you have played mm. goal obviously mm. the weather this weekend has not been the best could you sort mm. of understand to a certain extent Pickford's mishap yesterday or do you think it's a case of he should have dealt with it differently or how, how do you see that? It's made a bit brutally honest. I think uh, uh, to comment on that would be stupid but he's an England number one. Mm. So no matter what the weather is, what the pitch conditions is, in my eyes you're an England number one because you're the best keeper in England but have we seen that? No. I think uh, you don't see any other keepers making that many errors. I mean, he's done it in that Fleetwood game. He made two silly errors again yesterday. How many more until he gets dropped? Mm. I mean, has it cost him his England call-up? I don't think so, because Southgate will stick with Pickford. I don't know why, but he will. My, my, if I was in charge of Everton, mate, I would have probably put a sneaky bid in or a loan bid in for Romero. Yeah. I reckon he would have been a solid signing, mate, with the squad they've got now. Do, do you think, and, uh, obviously, Jack's... Jack's mentioned the fact that because they're winning, it is papering over the defensive cracks. Do you mm. feel that that's going to be in Pickford's favour until they start not getting results because of these howlers? I think Jack's right in some aspects, yeah. But managers like clean sheets as well as winning games. Mm. And I, I think Ancelotti's already got pissed off with it, but he hasn't really got any more options. I mean, who is the sub keeper? Is it Stekelberg? No. Or is he gone? No, I think he went. Um, Did he? Yeah. I mean, because he, he was a Dutch, when he a Dutch international goalkeeper. He was, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that would have been all right to bring him in. But to be honest, I don't even know who the number two is for Everton. It's Jonas Lossell. I think he was at Huddersfield, wasn't he? He oh, was yeah, at Huddersfield, so yeah. And, and he was cracking when he was in the Prem. So, I'd probably be inclined, mate, to drop, drop Pickford after this match. After uh, England, sorry, and then drop him for the next game. But fans, if there were fans in the stadium, I think it's a different. Then you're asking me a different story. 
would if you was a fan of Everton using that stadium, mate, you'd be getting pissed off week in, week out, seeing Pickford do the same errors, surely not? Yeah, I'm I'm not saying you wouldn't. I'm just saying that mm. if you know, all right, there is a howler in there. Get if it. We've all seen it. Um, mm. For those of you that are <laughs> listening to live updates from the Soccer Saturday <laughs> impersonation panel, I uh, believe Liverpool have just scored. Um, there's been a goal at Ewood Park. What is it, Cammy? How's there? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, if I was an Everton fan, I think mm. if you're winning, you're going to take the wins. Yes, you. I, I think we're all in agreement when we've seen our teams play, we will always say we've won, but there will always be something that you feel should have gone differently or should have been, you know, someone's mm. performance wasn't there. And you, but you, you, at the end of the day, you're still sort of happy with the win. Mm. I mm. think you'd still be in that same situation. Um, I, I think with how, you know, there's been a lot of emphasis on Everton and the money that they've spent. And, you know, it, it is the rewards are being reaped at the minute with the fact that, you know, they're sitting on top of the Premier League table. All right, yes, it's only after four games, but they're on top of the Premier League table. Um, I, I just feel that maybe Pickford may will, will be allowed a little bit more time. But again, that's why yeah. I asked the question, you know, if mm. the results start slipping and he still creates those howlers, that's going to be a lot of pressure on A, Ancelotti to sort of change it, B, Pickford mm. if, for his, you know, chances of going to the Euros and his confidence in playing the game, you know, and potentially cost Everton maybe a top four, top six finish. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, mate. And I agree with what, what Jack said about strength in squad. Yeah. Have they got enough in depth? I mean, the only thing I worry about is Calvert Lewis gets injured. Who's going to cover his, his goal scoring record? Yeah. It's a bit like a Leicester City if we look at it in that aspect. Of like, obviously, we always look for Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Take Jamie Vardy out of the equation of Leicester, and then I turn around and go, shit, mm. who's going to score us the goals? Yeah. And I feel that's going to be the same with Everton. I don't think that Keane will score many goals. He's a bit like an Iniacho, basically. He'll pop up and get you one or two, but I, can't, I don't think they've got enough, mate, to yeah. go forward. Yeah. I mean, the only argument that I have to the squad in depth question there is. Well, they're not in Europe. They're going to have less mm. competitions to play than the other teams around them. But if they can, oh, that's by the sounds of it, that's an Aston Villa goal, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> keep so, no, that's fine. I haven't seen it yet, so thanks. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so I think that helps them. But I do, I do agree. There are sort of key areas. I think if Allen goes down for a long period, I don't think they've got cover there. Calvert Lewin has scored nine goals already this season, and we're only sort of, mm. it, we've only just got into October. I think if he goes for a prolonged period, they're in problems there. But they could probably, they if they can get to January, they might be able to bring someone in to cover that yeah. if need be. Um, I'm going to move on to um, Chelsea versus Palace now, Jack. Um, is that Chelsea's best performance of the season so far? Uh, if you get off a scoreline, then yeah, I'd say. Um, I think first half was sort of the same old stuff for Chelsea. I think it was sort of sluggish, mm. sort of sideways sort of football again. And then second half, they sort of came out and they cap- played that football they're capable of playing. Um, sort of a lot more attacking, you know, sort of one-twos, you sort of on the front foot football. 
Um, but you know, that's it was a potential banana skin palace, um, yeah. and they dealt with it really well. Uh, clinical four nil, or a bit two penalties, a clean sheet. Um, I think after the game against West Brom, they'll be, you know they'll be very happy with that, and it's um, a confidence boosting win. And I think mm. um, it's a, it's a, it's a win that Lampard needed. Uh, I think the clean sheet's massive for them after conceding those three goals at West Brom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you could say it was. You know, probably one of their best performances of the season, if not the best. I mean, certainly wasn't their best against West Brom mm. or uh, no. or Liverpool. Uh, yeah, or Liverpool. So yeah, I think I think if you have, if you had to say it was their best performance of the season, you, you know, you pick it. Yeah, uh, Greeny. Obviously, mm. you have had your opinion on Ben Chilwell um, mm. for a while. Mm. Do, are you? Going to sit there and accept the fact that he had a good debut yesterday? <laughs> well, yeah. Do I want to credit that knob? Um, well, yeah, he did. You know, he did. He scored a goal and set up another, and I don't think Alonso's mm. done anything but give away two goals this season. So <laughs> I think you'd have to say that Chilwell has been slightly better than Alonso. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you watched him, if you watched him in the cup game we played, he was shit. Yeah, but I, I, thought, I, I did ask the yeah. question at the time: had his ha- had he had his head turned at that point by going to Chelsea? Yeah, possibly, possibly. I mean, however, he said this: Chilwell's fantastic going forward. Mm. Defensively, I do not rate him. I really don't rate him, mate. Unless, he might change at Liverpool, uh, at Chelsea, mate. You, you know, different manager, different tactics. Yeah. And I'll hold my hands up, <laughs> and I'll tell you at the end of the season: yeah, fair enough. But. I rate him going forward if that's any help. So, uh, I don't rate so, him going so, back. so you, your, your opinion has slightly changed on Chilwell now? Mm. Probably about 1% change, uh, mate. Sounds, yeah. like, sounds like <laughs> a very, very bitter Leicester fan. That's what it sounds I like. I know, it does. Um, Not at all, mate. We've got Castagna. We don't need it. <laughs> you need fucking help after watching today's game. Says the one who's just picked up fucking three points in the first fucking five games. Hey, who won this weekend? Yeah, don't matter, mate. You played a donkey, donkey team. You played. Didn't, didn't you played a very good team. So yeah. no, you played a team that ain't got no players left because they sold them all. Not true at all. They sold them with two players. Yeah, no camp, no Campwell in the squad. No, no, uh, that defender who's pissed off to Everton. He's gone. They're all gone, Jack. Right. Anyway, as, as the host of this, let's not let's not get carried <laughs> away with who did what to who. Um, Jack, one for you. Um, Werner didn't score again he did get in some yeah. good positions though is it a case of um, when not if uh, well you, you think so with someone of his quality uh, I mean you've got to give him a little bit more time I think but you know I think surely at some point I actually think if he gets one he'll then he'll start scoring yeah. weekly for me, um, it's just a case of when that goal is going to come. Um, I think Havertz looked a lot better than he has done as well. Um, but yeah, I think surely someone of his quality has got to um, got to hit the ground running at some point. And got to, once he gets that one, he will. I'm confident score. You know, double figures. Whether or not he scores twenty goals a season this season, maybe not. Um, but I think, you know, someone of his quality surely has to start scoring soon. If not, then 
I mean, if it comes to the end of the season, he's only scored, you know, sort of mm. five goals. Maybe then we start to ask questions, you know, was that the right move? But I think at the minute, you've got to still give him that betting yeah. in time. Um, just moving on quickly, Greeny, do you see Chelsea mm. competing well in Europe this year? Mm. If he can get on gelling and get on playing, yes. If we're going off previous results and you've seen what they look like, no. If you take it off the Palace game, yes. But I think it's a fact is, mate, you've got to keep them players fit. Mm. You've got to get Werner scoring. You've got to get Havertz in the game. Do you know what I mean? You've got to have a solid goalkeeper, which they've probably now got with Mendy. Yeah. So it's looking up for them, mate, but it won't be easy. Okay. Um, just going to move on to some of the uh, other results. Um, just just quick, because I want to move on to league, you know, EFL football, because Greeny didn't do a job of that last week. Um, so Newcastle beat Burnley. Um, boys, good move for Newcastle. Yeah, as soon as Greeny don't want to take that off. Yeah, I think after the result at um, Brighton, yeah, I can't remember who it was. You know, after they lost at Bright- against Brighton at home, um, I think there were question marks over that performance. I know Brighton were very good that game. Um, but I think uh, they looked a little bit, they looked well, they looked a little bit better. They played well. I thought that Maximum was obviously standout. Mm. Um, you know, created a goal. Set one up. Um, Wilson obviously again got two goals. Um, I thought Burnley were, especially first half, very unBurnley like. They were very yeah. sloppy, um, especially defensively, which it, you know you don't really tend to see with Sean Dyche's side. It's usually quite organised, and you know, so that was surprising. But I think Newcastle, you know, it's a good three points, um, and I think they've started the season, you know, relatively well bar, you know, a couple of mishaps and they're also in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. So, you know, I think you'd be relatively pleased with that start if you're a Newcastle fan. Um, Greeny, for you, Southampton Mm. um, managed Mm. to get a result against West Brom. Um, Obviously, does that take the pressure off Hassan Hootle and add it more onto Billich now with that? I think so, mate. Yeah, I think we've all said it on the pod. West Brom look dog, to be fair. And I think it's going to be a very, very long season. I think even if they had the fans in, mate, I don't think West, you'd see a change from West Brom. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, they got three, uh, three, three points. I was going to say three goals out yeah. of Chelsea. But again, they still let three in. Three nil up, you expect to come away with three points. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, it's took a lot of pressure off Ralph and put loads on Slavan. But again, if they sack Slavan, who do you bring in? Because it's a, it's a team that's always been a yo-yo club. Yeah. But, but it'll be too good for the champ, not so good for the Prem. So it'd be interesting, mate. I don't think there's anyone else who really could possibly take that job and keep them in it. Yeah. Any any thoughts, Jack, on that question? If Belich were to go, who, who could you see going? Maybe Eddie Howe. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think who else is about, really. Would Pulis um, go back? Maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Eddie Howe would take it, mate. I really don't. Sam, Sam Allardyce, Pulis, Pardew, is it one of them sort of sort of jobs? But you know, them sort of group of managers that linger about. I don't know. Um, I think Billich has got a tough yeah. job on his hands. It's the same thing as Parson, really. You know, the objective for them is to stay up. They're going to lose a lot of games. You know, they're coming up from the Championship, the golfing class. 
I think I actually think every season the gap is getting a little bit higher yeah. and higher. Um, I just think that the quality of football in the Prem is is just skyrocketing. Um, I think every season, you know, the gap between the top teams and the the worst teams is sort of tightening a little bit. And I think, you know, I mean, you look at the results now. I mean, you look at this Liverpool yeah. game, Jacko. No one predicted yeah. this. You look at Leeds drawing with Man City. You know, you look at Spurs. You know, obviously smashing Man yeah. United. You know, there's results every week that shock you. Um, so. Oh, I mean, and I feel rated Fulham were a better side last time they were in the Premier. What they were this time? Yeah, I think they probably were. But I think, obviously, coming on to Billich and Parker, I think obviously to maybe cut them a little bit of yeah. slack in terms of them getting sacked. Think of the job they did in getting them up. You know, yeah, pressure is going to come when they lose games, and I think you know if they go on a run of games without getting a win then, yeah, the pressure is going to be there. But I think, you know, you've got to be realistic in terms of Fulham and West Brom. But where are they going to get the win from, Jack? Well, yeah. That, that That's is the, the question, answer. isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. But I just think sacking them might not necessarily be the right thing to do. But the, but then again, uh, I'm not sure where the win's going mm. to come from. It's going to come down to either them playing each other, mate, and one of them takes it, or it's going to end up as a draw. Yeah, mm. I mean, I just think you've got to in that sort of it's, it's not like sort of like a someone that's been in the Prem for a while losing lots of games I think they've come up they, they're going to struggle mm. look at the size look at the players they've got maybe sort of give them a slack you know if they, if they sort of both haven't won a game by December then maybe sort of you might have to re, you know reshuffle that and bring someone in and sack your manager I mean I don't know OK well moving on to the last two fixtures that we've had obviously before the Liverpool one tonight Arsenal beat Sheffield United 2-1 um, and Wolves beat Fulham 1-0. Greeny, you know, expected mm. results for both those sides? Yeah, yeah. I expected Wolves to win probably by a bigger margin. Yeah. And I probably would have expected Arsenal to win by a bigger margin. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't a surprise they both picked up three points. Yeah. Um Again, touching on Fulham, mate, they, I think they're about down. I know it's only the start of the season, but they look dreadful. Well, Wolves don't look the same side, do they? Yeah. I think they're missing their play- key players. I think Jota's a big miss. Mm. Um, Sheffield, again, don't look the same team. And Arsenal look a better team. So, yeah, mixed opinions, yeah. mate. Um, Jack, for Sheffield United, obviously they spent they splashed a bit of money on Rian Brewster. Um Surely it's a case of he's got to hit the ground running to keep them afloat. Yeah, or Sharp, McBurney, etc. start hitting the back yeah. of the net and start playing. Um, I think they're also in a bit of trouble, yeah. especially uh, Fulham as well. I think I think the way things are going at the moment, and obviously there's a long way to go still, you have a look as possibly Fulham, Sheffield United and uh, West Brom as your three to go mm. down at the minute. Um, I think Fulham and West Brom are very much going to be fighting out for that bottom place. Um, Sheffield United, see, I, I think, like we touched on before, I think their issue is scoring goals. Yeah. You know, I, I know obviously last te- 10 minutes they sort of had a go against Arsenal, but the, in terms of, you know, the first half and the first sort of 70 sort of minutes, they didn't really no. create a lot. It, it took, you know, like a very good finish from McGoldrick to get that goal. Um, so yeah I think I think they'll be struggling I mean if they if they go down 
You wouldn't get many teams poaching any of their players for the Prem, would you? Or Sheffield United. Yeah. Uh, I could probably I think, think a couple. Pro- probably think... going at the back. It gets snapped up. But I can't. I can't really see no, anyone I, else who, I can't, who, who would get picked up personally. Nah, maybe not. I, I mean, I don't know. I think. I think it's a little bit like. I obviously touched on the United thing with the, the shadow. I think Sheffield United got very, very big footsteps to follow in after the season yeah. they had last season. Um, I think they obviously probably, you know, they probably, well, they did. They overachieved and they, it's sort of like a crush back to reality this mm. season. Um, you know, they sort of had this, they're having the season now that a lot of teams do in their first season coming back up. Um, do, do you reckon if Grand had never come in, um, obviously they'd have more money from the gates, do you reckon Jeff United would have spent bigger money? Mm, potentially. I mean, I don't know if they can solely blame it on Corona. But, you know, I th- I, maybe. I mean, I don't really know who else they could have brought in. I I just don't think Rian Brewster is potentially the answer to their problem. Just I just really quickly, Greeny, going on your obviously discussion mm. about the fans and, you know, Corona changing. Mm. I think a lot of the modules mm. for those those teams that didn't expect to go up, the likes of Norwich, the likes of Sheffield United, the likes of Burnley when they first came up, they're very mm. reluctant to spend a lot of money because they don't want to dig themselves a bigger hole if they are to go down. Mm. Yeah, I, I, get, yeah, I, get, and, I get that. I mean, we have to... I know, and I was going to say, this is what the discussion was before. And, you know, I, I agree mm. with you that, you know, recruitment is a, a key factor for who they play, who they sign. But, you know, that mm. uh, uh, you, you've seen with how the inflation has gone with centre-backs and strikers over the sort of last 10, 15 years that these clubs are reluctant to go out and spend 40, 50 million play, uh, pound on players, especially some of the lesser clubs, because if it is, turns out to a flop, you know, compared to Man City when they had the investors come in and, and how they're doing now, if they have a centre-back that's worth 40 million and he's a flop, they go out and buy another one at 50 million. You know, these, these teams, the mm. likes of Sheffield United, the likes of Norwich, the likes of Burnley, they can't do that. They can do it to a lesser extent if they can find the players further down the line, which I get, and it comes back to your point of recruitment. But I, from my perspective, they're more reluctant to spend a lot of money because they don't yeah. think oh, themselves I, a bigger yeah. hole. I get that, mate. I totally get that. I mean, touching on what Jack said about it and all, mate, where obviously the Prems get stronger yeah. each year. I think, though, if, it, if that is the case, which it looks like it is, I mean, Leeds have proved it. They? I know they've got a bit, probably got a bit mm. more money, but they've gone out and brought some bigger players, and they're handling the Prem yeah. well. So I just felt like Chef probably should have probably brought in like a class midfielder and a more prolific. Do you scorer. think that's down to more what Bielsa's done with the club and the way that he's changed the the Leeds style of play? Yeah, it could well be, and and obviously players want to go and play for him. So because he's a unique manager, is what I've heard. So. I mean, it could well be, mate. It really could. But then again, you're in the Prem. Every player dreams of playing in the Prem. I'm sure you lads will know. You go drop down to the Championship. I'm sure there's a striker in there what could back your goals. Look at yeah, Watkins, yeah. mate. And he's proven it with Villa. So surely like, the likes of Sheffield and stuff should be looking at the Championship level players and seeing yeah. what will fit. And they might even get a bargain. Yeah. So Maybe. Yeah. Well, talking of the Championship, let's move on to that because I know Jack's eager to discuss it. 
Um, but we're going to start with you, Greeny, because I, I want to rub your face hey. in it as well. Um, Bournemouth got mm. another win, and I think that put Bournemouth no, no, top. Mate. I know, what a fucking pistol. Well, okay. you, know, I, I was, <laughs> you know, I was quite keen to see Jason Tindall uh, coach. You know, he's been part of Bournemouth setup for e- eons and he's started getting performances out of those players. You know, you've surely got to be confident that it's it's turning right for Bournemouth now after last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did say, didn't I, that they'll be down there. He's an unknown manager. And it and it's going to go tits up, but yeah, at the minute, mate, he's proving us wrong, or well, proving me wrong, mm-hmm. should I say? Can it can it last? Is the question. But they are playing very good yeah. football. Like I say, it's been a, a few a few years now, so he, get, he knows the players, he knows how they play. And I thought they'd struggle, mate, when they lost Wilson and mm-hmm. Fraser. But mate, to be fair to him, yeah, he's he's doing yeah. very well, and uh, yeah, it's, it's surprised me. Will they win the championship? I don't think so. I think they're stronger teams, but they will be in the top yeah. six, I think. Um, this one, Jack, for you. Um, Norwich lost to Derby this weekend. I don't know if you'd seen the result at all. Um, no, weren't no, sure, mate. I've um, seen that one. Is that, how big a blow is that to Norwich? Yeah, I think it is a little bit. I think um, it's more a massive win for Derby, really. We needed it. Uh, that... That, that really wasn't the question I was asking. I was asking about Norwich. No, well, fuck Norwich. I don't care. No, um, yeah, no, I think it is a blow, isn't it? They're sort of, well, they were probably up there as one of the teams to sort of get promoted, you know? I think coming down from the Prem, you're always, the spotlight's always on you to try and bounce back in your first season and yeah. get promoted. Um, they haven't actually done as well as I thought no. they were doing. But I thought they started quite well. They're obviously four points from four games, so... Um, yeah, I think that is disappointing for them. Um, I thought they'd, I thought they'd done better than that, but obviously they haven't. So, well, let's, um, let's, no, well, let's move on. Let's no, move on well, we haven't actually. We haven't discussed Derby, so I will reluctantly move <laughs> it on to Derby. Obviously, Wayne Rooney uh, chipped in with a last-minute goal. Obviously, the result could have been different had Pookie put that away. Obviously, that's a massive result for Koku. <laughs> Um, because you have to admit there was a bit of pressure in him to get a result there. So how big a win is that for him? Yeah, it's massive. Uh, it's massive for everyone, I think. Um, I've talked on here how we needed something. I think we needed something before the international mm. break as well. Uh, that's massive for confidence. Um, and I think, especially against a team like Norwich, I mean, in terms of how the game went... Um, <laughs> It's sort of um, we had a, we played five at the back and had eleven men behind yeah. the ball, so you know that just kind of sums us up. I think we just soaked up a lot of pressure. We probably got lucky, you know. Obviously, Pookie had that penalty where he mm. slipped. Another day that goes in. Uh, David Marshall played really well in goal. Yeah. Made two or three. Was really that his saves. debut for Derby today? Oh, yesterday? No, no, he... no, no, no. He's played oh, okay. all of them, I think. So, but yeah, I think he's proven his worth. He he made a save after the goal, uh, a fingertip mm. save as well. So, and then obviously Rooney is still showing he's got that little bit of class in the locker um, with the free kick, and obviously that ultimately was the nail yeah. in the coffin. And I think I think the positive for me is the fact that we kept a clean sheet away from home. Obviously, we went last week and conceded four goals at yeah. home, um, and that was a big big concern from for me and probably a lot of other Derby fans. So I think. Not only is the three points massive, but the clean sheets massive yeah. as well. 
Um, so I think, yeah, hopefully we can sort of get the season going now, get the ball rolling. And obviously we've got two weeks mm. off now. We've got Watford as well next up as well, which won't be easy. But hopefully we can sort of um, start now and hopefully that pressure is sort of not fully lifted off Koku, but it's definitely lifted yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. we're on the board and uh, hopefully we can mm. kick on now. Greeny to you, because I know this will cheer you up. Bristol City um, mm. are up there as well. They won against Forest this weekend. Um, mm. If, <laughs> if cool. Lamushi doesn't get... Um, a good start after the international break is. Yeah, I think so, mate. I mean, from where they were last year to where they are now, it's shocking. But I'm happy to see it. I'm sure Jack yeah. is as well. Yeah, definitely, um, mate. <laughs> yeah, always shit on the red side of the trend. Um, mate, next game they've got Blackburn at Ewood Park. Mm. He's out of a job after really? that. Telling you now. Yeah, 100%. So why didn't you back Blackburn against yeah. Cardiff exactly. in your actor over the weekend? <laughs> yeah, I fancied a Cardiff yeah. upset, mate. I think the only one that was upset about, you, happen. about that was you, wasn't it? <laughs> um, no comment. I'll, I'll talk about my one because this was a frustrating one for quite a few aspects. Obviously, we we travelled to, or Millwall travelled to Swansea yesterday. There was um, on the anchor. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, I will say this to any of my friends that are listening to this: never, ever, ever back Millwall in an acker. Never do it because they will always disappoint. Um, the game itself was a frustrating one. Um, the question about creativity was up there again. Our, our goal to equalise was a very good goal, good pressure, but that was sort of one of the very few highlights that we had going forward. Defensively, we were poor. Um, both goals on any other given day, we would have dealt with them a hell of a lot better. But it obviously, it was a day that it just wasn't going to click. Um, there was a couple of controversial decisions in our game. Um, and I'm trying to keep a biased sort of head on it, but it's very difficult. Um, you know, their, their centre-back, Grahey, elbowed Wallace in the face, was already on a yellow card, didn't get sent off. He then brought down Hutchinson in the penalty area while he was, uh, while the ball was in the air, yet the referee stopped it to retake the corner, which we couldn't understand why, because it was a blatant penalty. Um, it's a disappointing result because, you know, I think had we taken a draw, uh, I think Millwall fans would have accepted that. It's a tough start to the season. You know, Stoke were a better side than they were last year. We had to go away to Rotherham, who had just been promoted. They got a result the week before against Wickham. They were on a high. You know, we only got a win from that because of a mistake. You know, we, we had a, a one-all draw against Brentford that was a very good game for a neutral. I just feel that the way Rowett set up after we went 1-0 was different. and It probably shouldn't have been. We should have carried on. Um, and then, obviously, the defeat to Swansea going into an international break is a frustrating one because you have to sit and, and soak that up before you go again. But, you know, we start with a, a trip to Wickham after that and we've got a couple of games at home, so hopefully we can get some more points on the board. I don't see us going down, but I see us struggling this year if we can't find that creative spark. Um, and hopefully we can either bring someone in the loan market or try and get someone at the 
before the transfer deadline day. I don't know. Um, we're going to quickly move on to League One. So I am wary of time. Um, big result for Wigan this weekend, Jack. Obviously, there's been a lot of issues with them there. They they had to face Doncaster Sarsfield. <laughs> A, a drawn one and won their last, uh, or drawn one and won four out of their last five games. Obviously, they get a result at home. You know, that's a big boost for Wigan, isn't it? Yeah, it's also murdered your racket. Well, um, I, I, yeah, uh, let's not talk about that, shall we? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a big result. Um, I think Wigan, in all fairness, was obviously, you know, they lost a couple of players, etc. They seem to be all right, you know. I mean, they're sat tenth in the league, six points from four games. Um, it's not amazing form, but then again, it's you know they've not done too bad, you know. And they beat um, Portsmouth last week yeah. as well, which was which was a big result. So um, it's a little bit of momentum they're picking up there. So yeah, I mean, can only be viewed as a good thing, and I think it's a good good thing from everyone after what happened. Yeah, last definitely. Uh, Greeny, for you, I know you're not a big fan of lower league football. Mm. Um, but, you know, Lincoln have got another result this weekend. They're sitting, you know, at the top yeah. of the table. Uh, it's um, good viewing for, for Lincoln fans as early setters, isn't it? Yeah, great, great win over Blackpool. Um, got a class manager in charge mm. with Appleton. Um, obviously, he's worked a lot with Leicester in, in his time. So, yeah, I do follow Lincoln a little bit just yeah. because of Appleton. Um, and he's turned that club round. And he's got a good record with low league clubs. I think he was at another club before he mm. went to Leicester. I think it was Oxford. And he'd done really well with Oxford and left them top of the league yeah. when he comes to us. Um, so, yeah, if, if you can get Lincoln, mate, in a championship against, that's great. It's like another Wickham mm. in theory coming up. And it's nice to see these lower league clubs, mate, coming up. It's a shame again. It all boils back to the yeah. fans, mate. And it's a shame Lincoln fans aren't there. I know it's only four or five games in, but... They look quite solid, mate. And to beat Black, I think they come from behind as well mm. for, against Blackpool, which shows, shows great courage. Um, so yeah, and they was on my account. Uh, just add that in. Um, well, they were on mine as well, which is one of the very few that came through. Um, Jack, just moving into <laughs> League Two, Newport sit top of the table. Um, would you have seen that at the start of the season? Uh, possibly. Um, I think Newport would be in my sort of top seven, top yeah. ten. Uh, I think they're always a side that are sort of there or thereabouts. Yeah. Whether or not they can finish the season off and end up in the top six or top mm. seven, uh, you know, is a question you know that needs answering. Answering, um, but yeah, obviously top of the league. I thought they played well against Newcastle as well yeah. in the cup. Um, they're always a side that are capable of a cup, you know, a cup set as well. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's a great start for them. Um, just quickly, Greeny, Salford is sitting third in League Two. Four games, two wins, two draws. Um, yeah. It, it, again, it's one of those where, you know, there was a lot of controversy about the ownership of Salford and the fact that they, they put a lot of money into that side to get them into the football league. Mm. Obviously, the, the history mm. behind who owns it is, is big as well. That's surely got to be a big thing for Salford sitting in the top top three of the, that league at the minute? Yeah, I think it's a must. I think they must go up this year. Like you said, mate, the amount of money that's stacked in that club to get up. I think they must be one of the most, is it one of the most uh, richest clubs yeah. in the league too? 
So you'd expect them, mate, to come up mm. this year. And I think they will. I think they've got a good record at the minute yeah. as well. I think they've kept so many clean sheets and won so many away games on the spin. Good manager with Alexander in charge. Um, so, And I think even if they go up, I think they'll probably yeah. go up again because they'll just put more money in. They've got enough money to do it. So, yeah, it's quite good to watch them as well. They could play yeah. some good football, surely that's Surely that's a risk, um, though, if you keep pumping money in. You need success, otherwise it's... There is, but there's only one place where the old Class 92 want to take Salford, mate. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying if, if they keep pumping money in and they're not successful, then that's when sort of it becomes, you know, it's all well and good when they're winning games and that, but, you know, if they if they keep pumping money in and they don't win, then that's when, you know, question marks start getting asked, isn't it? But I think, I think like True. you say, it's, you know, that that's all well and good at the minute, that you know, they're flying, so mm. no questions to be asked yet. Um, I think that just the history of that club, though, it's amazing where they yeah, are. But now. They've been money injected, so it's not like a massive. It's not like Harrogate Town, who sort of, you know, fought their way into the football league. They've they've had money pumped in, and they've got, you know, the hot the, the TV and you know, sort of the class of ninety two sort of there as well. I just I, I'm not too sure I'd, I'd be buying into that one too much. Uh, Spoil sport. No, I just don't like. I appreciate you need money to. Do stuff. No, no. So if 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 a, if a big owner come and brought Derby, Jack, you wouldn't want him to put money in again. Well, you would, wouldn't would he? But I mean, but, but you wouldn't like that. Though. Well, you'd have to take it, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't want us, uh, mate. The way we're doing stuff at the minute is fantastic. We've got a lot of youngsters playing. You know, <laughs> fantastic. You just picked up one win out of five. <laughs> we're in the right direction, didn't we? We're back on the back on back on the old. <laughs> what happens to Leicester? Yeah, we don't. Yeah, mate, we won the yeah, Prem. Well, We've won the Prem. We've done it in, our, in my lifetime, mate. But you, you, don't tell me you wouldn't turn around with a billionaire, mate, and he pumped money and got you in the Prem and then got you into not... Europe. You'd take that. Yeah, You'd I would take, take it, but it's not really sort of football, is it? Like Man City, the way they've done it, again, it's sort of, everyone's sort of fans about it. PSG, again, you know, that's, you know, I, I yeah, I'd take it, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't think... So you'd rather see if a club get relegated? Obviously, I don't want to get relegated, but I just I don't like money injections and that sort of thing like that. I just think it's I'm a bit against it. What's your point on that, Jacko? Would, I, you, would you take it? It's it's one of. I'd like to see my club go as high as possible. I would always want a club to be invested in wisely, because if too much money goes in and they don't go far and the chairman all of a sudden wants to sell the club and he wants to take all the money with him, it causes a lot of issues down the line. You've seen it with the likes of Berry, not to the same extent, but you know their chairman didn't run it properly and Berry have now been liquidated. Macclesfield has been the same. Southend is struggling as well. Bolton have gone through a, a heap of trouble with it. Wigan as well. You know, I think it has to be invested wisely. I, I think if the clubs run properly, I have no problem with it to to a certain extent, to a certain extent. When it comes to a situation where you're sitting at the top and instead of using, you know, certain players or how you think certain players should be and you end up forking out 60, 70 million, and don't get the results, you wonder why they're doing the, the thing that they're doing. Um, I get that it's available to be done. I do get that. And, you know, we've seen it with Man City. We've seen it with PSG. 
they're, they're prepared to go out and spend whatever issues or whatever money they want to spend. But then there's also off the field issues that comes into it. It comes into, um, you know, integrity of the game. You saw them with the UEFA issues. You saw them with um, questionable issues about the takeover with human rights. I know it's not necessarily Man City, but more with PSG. I, I think the clubs have to be invested in wisely to keep them going, especially at the moment with, you know, the situation of the fact that COVID's around, you know, can can clubs be sustained while this is going on? You know, there's lots of issues about you can do certain things, but you can't go to football because it's open air, but you can go to a cinema. I know that's changed in the last sort of week or so, but that was how it was before this week. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where I sort of take on it. I, I think I like the model that Leicester have done in the fact that they're prepared to sort of develop the area around the city that they're in. You know, it's a reward for not only football fans, but for the the populace of that area around them. You know, they pumped money into the Leicester hospitals. They were doing all sorts of pieces. Barrelson's done something similar. Uh, Millwall, he's wanting to redevelop the area around Millwall. He wants to create a good atmosphere for that place. So... it's a difficult one, but I feel that you have to invest in it wisely and not go over the top. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, mate. I really do get that. I think you made some good points. Um, but then, you know, some 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 clubs yeah, will just want to put the money in and, and go up, which is oh, I can't see nothing wrong with that. Yeah, as I say, if the gamble doesn't pay off and the chairman's fed up because he's pumped in 300, 400 million and he's got nowhere with it and then sods off, does he leave that club with all the debt? Does he take his losses and moves on? Or does he sort of get the next person that comes in to pay him the money back? And so then when he takes over, he hasn't got a lot of money and then it just goes in a revolving cycle and it slowly sort of, is, it solely sort of defeats the purpose of having someone come in and take over. Mm. So, yeah, yeah well, yeah, I, it's a difficult one and a lot of people have different views on it. But, you know, if they want to see their team do well, then at times they have to, or they would like to see investors come in and look after that club well. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I think that's going to be it for this week. Um, we have waffled on a bit longer than usual. And no discussion of VAR, surprisingly. Mm. That maybe has something mm. to do with the fact that the referees have been a bit more lenient with the handball challenges this weekend. I don't know. I could just be a cynical bastard. Um, <laughs> what about mm-hmm. the predictions? Where are we at with the league? Do we know? Uh, I will have to do a bit of calculating because at the minute... I don't think anyone had Aston Villa beating Liverpool for one at half time. Um, I don't think anyone had Leeds draw with Man City one all. Um, I know that for a fact. I think I said four nil to Leicester against West Ham, which did you? Which I don't. Yeah, I don't think anyone had six one. I mean, I mean to be fair, Jack, you'd get three points because you had three nil. But the problem is, you had it for the wrong team. Yeah. Um, 
That's the last time I picked fucking Leicester Green. I, I know. I know for a fact that Green is <laughs> still on less points than me and Jack at the minute. So. Did I get the Spurs game right? He didn't pick 6-1. No one would have said 6-1 to Spurs. Why oh, would you have said 6-1 right. for Spurs? Did, did yeah, I say 4 it still only gets you a point. Oh, that's better than none. That's better than none like you two. Mm, okay. So, on, on, on that <laughs> note, and I sort of have to tuck my tail in my legs slightly, um, I shall be saying thank you very much for listening to us. Um, of course... As always, you can email me. I'm, I am presuming that people email me. They've just got the email address wrong because I never see email. The email address is afterextratime2020 at gmail.com. Um, XTRA, not EXTRA. Um, they're probably going to email me saying stop being so desperate for attention. Um, you can join us on Facebook Lives. They're always on Fridays now depending on if the diva can be available for it or not. We don't know. It's Jack's turn to host mm. this week. Correct. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. There's no quiz this week, lads. Uh, apologies for me on that behalf. Um, no. And, and Jack's got a lot um, a special guest on his pod next I week. I do. Ah, there we go. There we go. So you'll have to join in with that and find out. Um, yeah. I've been the Millwall one. Thank you to Jack, the Derby one. The, the happy one this week. Yeah, oddly enough. And thank you to Greeny, the diva one, the famous one, the not-so-famous one, the, yeah. the yeah. don't-know-which-club-looking one. one. Um, the, the Everton one. The Everton <laughs> one. Um, Mr. Adam Green, thank <laughs> you very much. Um, so, yes, thank you for listening, as always, and join us next week. Up the Rams. Sports Social Podcast Network.